This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. Every so often we have the opportunity to interview a genuine legend of American history, and today's one such day. In our second segment today, we'll air part one of what we hope will be a three-part series based upon an extensive chat we had two weeks ago with General Chuck Yeager. For most of you, that name will need no introduction. If the name Chuck Yeager doesn't ring a bell, then boy, you really need to tune in to segment two today. It's truly an honor to be able to bring such a distinguished guest to you, dear listener, in our second segment today. Stay tuned. Let's start today's show as we like to do with On This Date in History. The date in question is the 8th of April. It was on April 8th in 563 BC, according to Buddhist tradition, that Gautama Buddha was born in the kingdom of Sakya near the modern Indian-Nepal border. Son of the king, he was named Prince Siddhartha, but he gave up wealth and position in his spiritual quest. On this date in 1898, in the dispute between France and England over Egypt, General Herbert Kitchener defeated the modest dervishes in what is modern Sudan. On April 8, 1942, as America geared up for World War, the War Production Board ordered a halt to all production that was not deemed necessary to the military effort. At the peak of the war, the military used nearly half of the nation's production and services. Two years later, on this date in 1944, Russian forces led by Marshal Fyodor Tolbukhin launched an attack on the German army in the Crimea. In four days, the attack broke German defensive lines and sent the Nazis into retreat. And finally, on April 8th in 1974, Hank Aaron of the Atlanta Braves hit his 715th career home run, surpassing the record of the legendary Babe Ruth, a feat Henry Aaron accomplished without the use of anabolic steroids. Our quote of the day comes from America's 8th president, Martin Van Buren, who once said, It's easier to do a job right than to explain why you didn't. That quote might be Van Buren's greatest legacy. Turned out he wasn't much of a president because apparently everybody distrusted him. With good reason. Our quip of the day requires a bit of a setup. Apparently President Obama's decision to kill NASA's Ares-1 rocket has now left a now-useless $500 million, 355-foot-high steel launching tower at the Kennedy Space Center. Our quip comes from an anonymous NASA contractor who said, I guess you could sell it to SeaWorld and put a big old slide on it. Our joke of the day is as follows. Two actors were out of work, and they were over at Selens in East Sacramento. One of them says, I got an idea. Why don't we team up, do an act together? Sounds good, says the other. What kind of act you got in mind? Well, says the first guy, I come out and sing. The curtain comes down. When it goes up, I come out and I dance. And the curtain comes down. Then when it goes up again, I come out and juggle. Hey, hey, wait, says the second guy. Where do I come in? First guy says, well, the curtain doesn't go up and down by itself. Morning when you wake up, 
Our stat of the day is as follows. According to the Associated Press, about 48% of the children now born in the U.S. are non-white. And demographers say 2010 could be the tipping point when the number of babies born to Hispanics, blacks, and Asians collectively surpasses that of babies born to whites. I personally have some doubts about that stat because I'm just not sure about where Hispanics fit into all this. For example, if you're European ancestry from Spain, you're somehow considered Hispanic. If you're born across the border in Portugal, something I can relate to being a Portuguese ancestry, apparently you're considered as Caucasian as the Prince of Wales. So, I don't know. Anyway, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. According to the Week magazine, it was a good week last week for crossing one off after a Florida woman explained that she robbed a bank because bank robbery was on her bucket list. (laughs) I think everyone should have a list of things they want to do before they expire, said Patricia Edwards, 51, from jail. Last week also marked a bad week for breaking the law outdoors after a Florida cop used Google Earth to track down a man who illegally dumped his boat on a lot. Older satellite images showed the boat on the man's property. Finally, it was an ugly week last week for climate change, when an uninhabited island in the Bay of Bengal, which had long been the subject of a border dispute between India and Bangladesh, resolved the problem by disappearing. (laughs) It was apparently submerged by rising sea levels. From the Only America file, we have the following. Apparently, a Santa Fe, New Mexico man is suing a neighbor for aggravating his, quote, electromagnetic sensitivities, unquote. Apparently, author Furstenberg says the neighbor's laptop, iPhone, and other electronics are giving him nausea, vertigo, and body aches, and that she refused to work with me by limiting their use. He's asking $530,000 in damages. And we'll have more to say about our good friends in the legal profession a little bit later in the show. But I'd first like to uh, bring up an item uh, from the Associated Press, uh, which, unbeknownst to you, dear listener, ha- does have some applicability to this program. We were, we were thinking last week, being that the show was on April 1st, April Fool's Day, that we'd do a little prank. But then we thought better of it, and probably just as well, because here's what can happen. A week ago, a Jordanian newspaper reported a late-night visit by 10-foot-tall aliens in flying saucers. Apparently, the town of El Gad published in their newspaper on the front page an article about a fake UFO landing in the desert town of Jaffer, 185 miles from Amman, the capital. This evidently sparked public panic and almost led to the town's emergency evacuation, said officials last week. The report said that UFOs lit up the whole town, interrupted communications, and sent fearful residents streaming into the streets. Jaffer's mayor, Mohammed Melan, got caught up in the paper's prank and said he sent security authorities in search of the aliens. 
Said the mayor's students didn't go to school, their parents were frightened, and I almost evacuated the town's 13,000 residents. The mayor said he may sue the paper for its big lie, but did add that the paper had called to apologize for the inconvenience caused by the joke. Said El God's managing editor, Musa Barhome, the report has been, quote, blown out of proportion, unquote. <laughs> we meant to entertain, not scare people, he said. Well, yeah. This does give us a chance to plug two items from our archives. The Halloween program we did several times in past years relating to uh, Orson Welles' famous prank about the Martian invaders back in 1938. And, of course, our interview with Norman Corwin, radio legend who was in CBS Studios that night back in 1938 and had a very funny story to relate. Mr. Corwin was certainly a memorable interview, and we can't recommend it highly enough to you if you did not hear it. We're not shy about uh, bagging on our good friends in the legal profession uh, on this show, but it looks as though uh, at least one doctor is deserving of some censure. That would be Conrad Murray, the doctor for Michael Jackson. How the medical board does not yank this man's license for his actions in the Michael Jackson case is beyond this correspondent. Of course, now he is in the legal system where the question of involuntary manslaughter is uh, on the front burner. In the opinion of this physician... uh, (laughs) This guy was completely out of bounds in his actions regarding Michael Jackson, which resulted in the singer's death. Of course, uh, the doctor needed to say no to some of the requests he was uh, receiving from Michael Jackson. And by the way, that opinion, like all the ones you hear on this program, do not necessarily represent those of KDBS, our sponsors, or the regions of the University of California. On a personal note, I was slightly taken aback by the story about uh, the battle with terrorism that's going on in Russia. Two female suicide bombers attacked uh, a couple of Moscow subway stations last week, killing 39. This is raising fears of a renewed wave of terrorism in Russia. Struck me was that uh, one of the stations hit was Lubyanka. remember walking through Moscow and pausing at the stairway to that station which is adjacent to the uh, notorious former headquarters of the KGB, now the headquarters of the FSB, Russia's intelligence service. As I was standing there, a couple of Russian tourists from the countryside asked me if this was Lubyanka Station. Just found it slightly odd that, uh, that I, as the tourist, was able to inform them that yes, it was. But it uh, brought home the fact to me that uh, people all over the world are, are battling terrorists. And that if someone had chosen that moment to attack, I, I could have been a victim as well. Speaking of Russia, I'm, I'm very encouraged by the fact that the U.S. and Russia are agreeing to reduce our respective nuclear arsenals. The president, in fact, announced uh, earlier this week that he was revamping America's nuclear strategies to substantially narrow the conditions under which the U.S. would use nuclear weapons, even in self-defense. As we mentioned on this program uh, last week, keeping a lot of missiles pointed at one another on, uh, on a hair-trigger alert is not a good idea. After all, the risk of a Soviet invasion of West Germany has been markedly reduced by the fact that the Soviet Union collapsed and that the Russians are no longer in East Germany, which is now part of Germany. Well, although the Cold War ended a while ago, It appears that uh, policymakers on both sides have been a little slow to catch up. We'll continue to follow that story.
And speaking of threats to well-being, we have no explanation uh, for why it is a coal ship uh, went aground in Australia's Great Barrier Reef over the weekend. Queensland Premier Anna Bly said Australian officials should severely penalize the ship's owners and captains, pointing to possible breaches of national shipping laws. said, quote, this ship has acted illegally going into these restricted areas. Adding the Commonwealth government is now investigating how this happened, and I hope, frankly, they throw the book at them. Very strange story. Uh, sailing ships near reefs is never a good idea. And, of course, when you run aground with more than 65,000 tons of coal and 300,000 gallons of heavy fuel oil in the world's largest and most protected coral reef, well, it's, it's, it's just not a good thing. We agree. We hope someone gets the book thrown at them. All right, final item from the segment, and we don't understand why it was someone had to go to a university to study this one. But according to Randolph E. Schmidt, writing for the AP, it turns out Grandma was right. Listen to your elders, (laughs) said Schmidt. New research indicates they are indeed wise in knowing how to deal with conflicts and accepting life's uncertainties and change. Apparently, researchers led by Richard Nesbitt at the University of Michigan found that older people were more likely than younger or middle-aged ones to recognize that values differ, to acknowledge uncertainties, to accept that things change over time, and to acknowledge others' points of view. Said the researchers, age effects on wisdom hold at every level of social class, education, and IQ. Said Nesbitt, while the researchers expected wisdom to increase with age, they were surprised at how strong the results were and concluded there's a very large advantage for older people over younger, over younger people. From what I can see, the main lesson uh, in this goes to the younger people of America who should note that uh, older folks may not have great knowledge about computers and other technology, but they do know a thing or two. And if you're smart, you'll pay attention to that. We'd like to think we're smart, and we certainly do pay attention to that, because in our next segment, we're going to have a chance to interview a legend, a man who has a few years under his belt and the wisdom to show for it. Stay tuned for our talk with General Charles Yeager coming up after a break. This is Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Don't go away. Don't go away. 